Welcome to Encore Nutrition, two peas in a podcast, a show that simplifies the overwhelming world of health and nutrition with evidence-based science. We're Elise and Lauren, your accredited practicing dietitians, empowering you with the knowledge and strategies to make real change today. And I'm Drew, here to make sure all your important questions are answered. Do you know the difference between a dietitian, nutritionist and naturopath? And why should you care? So we had a lovely dietitian student slide into our DMs the other day asking us to clarify for her, but also I think for the general public as well, the difference between a dietitian, a nutritionist, a naturopath. And we often joke as dietitians if someone calls us a nutritionist. Yeah, it's a bit of a slap in the face. Which we actually are also nutritionists. Mm. We practice as dietitians though. But interesting that we have that uh, response. Mm. And a lot of it stems from, uh, I guess, our own critique of ourselves, but critique of other professions. But what we really want to break down today is how to make sure that you're not wasting your time, your money, energy on the wrong professional. And the distinction between those two areas and how they can all uniquely work for you and your health. And uh, when I think about this problem, it's it's almost, I think, like, well, do I need a plumber or an electrician for my house? Right. Because <laughs> in, the, in the average person, like, oh, yeah, electricity and water, different. Yeah. Right? But naturopath and dietitian are almost as different in your eyes. In yeah. T- yeah. Eyes yeah. There's are. such yeah. a strong distinction. That's because we're very much in it. Mm. And so we're going to break down the three um, with our own insights, but also the insights of others that work in the field so that we're not so encore-centric. <laughs> <laughs> so... First up, I mean, we're dietitians, so we're going to start there. A dietitian is someone who's tertiary qualified in nutrition and dietetics and has been recognized by national national authorities for their expertise in food and nutrition. We've got the ability to apply the science of nutrition to feeding and education of groups of people, but also individuals with health and disease. And so dietitians are qualified to provide evidence-based nutrition services to individual dietary counselling, medical nutritional therapy, group therapy, food service management, so what to serve in a hospital or an aged care facility or even to an army group, public health nutrition, policy and research, so working with government bodies, food industry and community health. A dietitian has undertaken a course of study that's included substantial theory but also supervised and assessed professional practice in clinical nutrition, be that in a hospital situation, uh, but also in the community and other private settings also. And they've also experienced uh, focused placements in the community and in food service management. So dealing actually with creating food policy and production for individuals and groups. And the great thing about our course and what I loved is having that practical experience in the hospitals, in the community, managing patients with the support of our supervisors. So accrediting practicing dietitians can work in hospitals, private practice, but also with government bodies in research, in teaching and education, in public health, in food and medical nutrition industries, so actually around food production and developing and refining products, in nutrition marketing and communication. And what's really key to know is that all APDs, or accredited practicing dietitians, 
can automatically use the term or the credential of an accredited nutritionist as well. Because as part of their qualification in human nutrition, the dietitian has undertaken the study required to meet the requirements of a nutritionist as well. So an accredited practicing dietitian is also an accredited nutritionist, but an accredited nutritionist is not necessarily an accredited practicing dietitian. And that can be a bit confusing. And so I, I liken it to doctors and surgeons. So a surgeon is a doctor, but a doctor isn't necessarily a surgeon. Mm. And you wouldn't want your GP to grab a scalpel. An accredited practicing dietitian is the only credential recognized by Australian government, Medicare, Department of Veterinary Affairs, and most private health funds as the quality standard for nutrition and dietetic services in Australia. APDs are committed to the Dietitians Association of Australia Code of Conduct and continued professional development and quality uh, improvement processes. So what that means is that they're regulated. They're recognised as a, an authority in the area of food and nutrition, but they also have to meet standards and requirements to uphold that label, that title. And to maintain that status of accredited practicing dietitians, we actually required to undertake a specific level of continued education and professional development every year to make sure we uh, are current and up to date with practice in the field of nutrition and dietetics. And we're uh, reviewed annually by our governing body. And so Elise and I work more clinically in private practice, in a hospital setting, in, in group education. But we're very aware that that's not all that dietitians can do. And so we spoke to some of our peers who work uh, in different areas of dietetics to get them to explain what they do. Hi, my name is Hayley Bleeden. Hi, my name is Nicole Kish. Hi, my name is Tim Crow. And I'm an accredited practicing dietitian and the founder of the Australian Superfood Co. And I'm a research dietitian specialising in oncology. And I'm an advanced accredited and practicing dietitian with most of my career spent in the field of nutrition research and education. I chose to focus on Australian natives because it astounded me that Australians believe that its native cuisine includes Vegemite and lamingtons. I chose a career in oncology dietetics research due to seeing the impact cancer-related malnutrition and muscle loss can have on people undergoing and recovering from cancer treatment. I've now combined all of these interests and work in the field of science communication. I spend my working days with working with Indigenous communities and local growers to source native produce and working with industry to increase awareness of the nutri nutritional benefits and flavour profiles of, of these ingredients. I spend my days designing and undertaking studies that help to answer questions and provide evidence to support the nutritional care of people with cancer. My studies are mostly focused on understanding how best to prevent and treat cancer-related malnutrition and muscle loss. I describe my job as making the sometimes confusing and controversial area of nutrition less confusing and more understandable and relevant to the public. And so that gives us a bit more context as to what a dietitian does. Our next question is, what is a nutritionist do? And Actually, I've got uh, peers who I went through uni with, uh, shout out to Penny if you're listening, who at year three of our four-year course actually decided nutrition wasn't for her. She actually had a sincere passion for fashion and went yeah. off and started her own label, writer yeah. label. It's amazing. Go, Go check it out. And at year three of her course, she could actually 
leave her training with a nutritionist degree. So she left with that qualification of nutritionist. The the fourth year of our course was very much dedicated to those clinical placements where we were focused on medical nutrition therapy, food service and community dietetics in a very applied way. And that helps us distinguish the difference between a dietitian and a nutritionist. And so in, in Penny's case, she was tertiary qualified. She went through university. She did three years of study. But that's not always the case. Yeah. And not all nutritionists are tertiary qualified. It's important to note that the term nutritionist is not regulated. Therefore, this title may be used by dietitians, nutrition scientists, nutrition graduates, and also those with very limited qualifications in nutrition. So you can call yourself a nutritionist if you've done a six-week online course on Mm. nutrition. So quite different to that of Penny, who went through three years at university. The Nutrition Society of Australia has developed a voluntary register of nutritionists in Australia to help determine the level of training that someone has undertaken, which is fantastic. These nutritionists may work in a number of roles, including research nutrition consultants and advisors, public health and health promotion officers, community development officers, quality and nutrition coordinators, food technologists, media spokespeople, and even more. And as Lauren had mentioned, uh, an accredited practicing dietitian is an accredited nutritionist, but an accredited nutritionist is not necessarily an accredited practicing dietitian. Any responsible nutritionist will not be allowed to provide individualized dietary advice for any underlying medical conditions. So for example, diabetes, high cholesterol, IBS or cancer. And that's interesting because some of our peers who are nutritionists who do consult, they've got it really clearly uh, labelled in their website and their booking systems that if you are hoping to see me for advice regarding your medical condition, I'm actually not allowed to help you. I can help you in general health and well-being, but if it's related to a specific condition, uh, it's outside of my scope. Yeah, which is great that they're being open and honest about that Mm. and transparent. There's currently no Medicare health fund rebates for clients of nutritionists, and there's only limited private health insurance fund rebates for nutritionists with some funds. So Nutrition Australia recognises that a variety of different levels of training and qualifications can lead to an individual calling themselves a nutrition professional. And this is because in Australia, professional nutrition practice is not regulated by the government and there is no legal protection over the term nutritionist and dietitian. Anyone can call themselves a nutritionist or dietitian no matter their level of training. And this situation opens up the possibility for misinformation to the public, which can be really risky. So when seeking the advice of a nutrition professional, it is therefore important to ensure that you consult with someone who has a credential with, which is provided and governed by either the Dietitians Association of Australia, so the DAA, or the Nutritionist Society of Australia, the NSA. And this is also really important to, to be aware, particularly given our question came from a student, is if you are looking to undertake a study or a course uh, in nutrition and dietetics, you want to know if your course is actually going to lead you to be an accredited practicing dietitian. Is it something that's been uh, credentialed by the DAA or by the Nutrition Society of Australia? 
important to know before you enroll in your course as well. And so we spoke to some of our nutritionist colleagues and got some of their insights into what their work is in the field of nutrition. Hi, my name is Julia and I'm a nutritionist. Hi, my name is Melissa Eaton and I'm a university qualified nutritionist. I'm currently working in the corporate space, supporting organisations to establish health and wellbeing programs within the workplace and educating busy professionals of how to establish and maintain optimal health in their highly stressed and time poor environments. Working as a research assistant, a freelance nutritionist for a media dietitian and I also work for myself. After having worked in the nine to five corporate landscape for over 10 years, I saw a huge need for change, witnessing the lack of education and resources within these environments to give their employees the opportunity to live a healthy and balanced life. Every working day looks different for me and they're mostly spent working alongside academics, dietitians, individuals and fellow students in the areas of research, mental health, all things nutrition and health behaviour change and at the moment clinical placement in New South Wales hospitals. And then we have naturopaths who in many cases people will feel they're quite similar to a dietitian and a nutritionist and Drew we were talking before that you kind of put them under this in the same category um, in terms of their approach to health. Uh, yeah I just think about um, in my head it's always been how much time to spend at uni. <laughs> Not as anything less so it's just a different level of qualification for a different problem right yeah. so less, less and less specialised. Yeah well I think we perhaps see it more so in what's your problem and Who's best positioned to help you fix it? So like surgeon, doctor, specialise, I need to be cut open and into something too, or yeah. more generalist, I've got a cold or a flu. Exactly. If you had a cold, you don't want to go and speak to a surgeon about too it. Too expensive. <laughs> Plus, they're not yeah. going to be able to cut it out. And they won't be able to help you. Like, I don't know about flus. Yeah. I just know about surgery. Right. Yeah. Yep. yeah. And so a naturopath takes a more holistic approach to wellness and well-being, and often their interventions are focused around lifestyle Uh, manipulation, dietary modification, herbal medicine, which makes up quite a a significant amount of the work that they do, but also things like meditation, exercise, yoga, mindful strategies, um, and then less so things like homeopathy. And a professional naturopath is someone who's completed at a minimum an advanced diploma in either naturopathy or health science and is registered by a professional body and is also insured appropriately, which is really important. And so that advanced diploma, I guess, comparing that to a bachelor degree or a master's degree for dietetics, um, I guess there is a distinction there. Interestingly, the Australian government uh, does uh, highlight the fact that naturopathy is not a treatment for a specific illness or disease. So it is a complementary therapy, meaning it should be used alongside other medical and therapeutic techniques. And a naturopath, similar to a dietitian or a nutritionist, shouldn't be your sole medical practitioner. And where team, yeah, where I think a dietitian wouldn't uh, declare that they were going to be able to manage your cold, your you know your surgery needs. Um, often a naturopath who provides a holistic approach might. Um, might be positioned in a place that you feel as though they could holistically manage your health, uh, but it shouldn't be seen that way. One thing that's really important 
is that regulation when it comes to naturopathy is self-regulation only. So it's voluntary and it's not governed. Which is a worry. Yeah, it can make it really challenging, but also really hard for uh, that reputation Mm. because there are naturopaths who are qualified, who are regulated, insured, governed. Do everything properly. Yeah, and then there are those that perhaps don't. And so when seeking the support of a naturopath, we highly encourage you to seek someone who is regulated uh, and follows the, uh, the code of conduct of their regulatory body. Interestingly, at the end of, um, I think it was sometime in 2017, a lot of insurance providers ended their subsidies for natural therapies and naturopathy. And that was related to a a identified lack of evidence to support the efficacy of those treatments. And what that's meant is insurance providers uh, are unable to provide rebates for natural therapies or naturopathy. But what's really important to be aware of is that a lot of people who do, who do see a naturopath see them as their sole provider. So about uh, one in 10 Australians see a naturopath, but that can rise to almost one in six when there's complex conditions like cancer. And about one third to a half of the patients who see a naturopath use them as their primary care providers. So they see them as that sole practitioner or um, central practitioner to manage their health where perhaps that's not the position they should be in. It's a complementary therapy, not a uh, alternate therapy. Shouldn't be used alone or in isolation. Should be used in conjunction with other other medical treatments or conventional therapies. And I think it shows the way that our society is headed um, in how common it is for people to actually seek support from a naturopath whereas I think 10 years ago we wouldn't have seen those high statistics Hmm. and look there's been lots of reviews in natural therapy management and what areas of care actually have efficacy and evidence to support them and there's not been a huge amount of studies to explore the impact of naturopathy and so even the governing bodies themselves have undertaken research and found that naturopathy may be effective for anxiety, MS, cardiovascular disease and musculoskeletal conditions. Um, But the evidence to support it is relatively low and it's hard to then say, okay, if you've got cancer, you should go and see a naturopath Mm. because the evidence isn't there to support it. And we were lucky enough to speak to some of our peers who work as naturopaths in a really responsible way who recognize their uh, ability to provide care alongside other medical professionals and so we got their insights into what their work is hi my name is abby dolphin hi my name is bianca patenta and i'm a degree qualified naturopath specializing in olive science and i'm a qualified naturopath specializing in weight loss metabolic syndrome and hormonal imbalances I chose a career in naturopathy because of the holistic principles underpinning the practice. I love that the practice of naturopathy focuses on physical, emotional and spiritual aspects of health. 
I became unwell in my late teens and experienced the profound impact that naturopathy had in my recovery. I instantly knew I wanted a career in complementary medicine where I could help others. I spend my working days as part of a health and nutrition team for the Olive Wellness Institute, where our mission is to share credible and evidence-based science on all olive products, such as extra virgin olive oil and olive leaf extract. I spend my days supporting and educating my clients on ways to create healthy lifestyle habits that are maintainable by tailoring the strategies to suit their unique individual needs. I do this by providing evidence-based nutritional and lifestyle advice and on occasion suggesting some herbal nutritional supplements that will assist them in achieving their health goals. I help manage and develop health professional resources and educate health professionals by providing presentations on many olive related themes. For example, can you cook with extra virgin olive oil or maybe the health benefits of consuming extra virgin olive oil. And if we compare all three of these professionals to perhaps where a lot of society gets their nutrition advice from, Dr. Google and their social media uh, influences, that's where we can uh, see a really big distinction. And in fact, research from the University of Glasgow found that almost 90% of social media influencers are sharing inaccurate and potentially harmful nutrition and weight loss advice online. Such a worry. So worry because it's everywhere. And because often people that are following those sorts of accounts are looking for answers Mm. and are trying to potentially emulate what those influencers are doing. Yeah. And they're well-meaning. They know what works for them, but to project that onto perhaps what therefore would work for the world can be really dangerous. Yeah. And disclaimer in there, most of those influencers are getting paid to promote products. Mm. So just keep that in mind. Mm. And what's interesting in, certainly in our area, as an accredited practicing dietitian, we're actually not allowed to provide any testimonials or the stories of our clients as a marketing tool. And that's because we know that what works for Sally doesn't necessarily work for Sam. And it's uh, irresponsible to apply a a case, an individual uh, method to the population more broadly. We work based on evidence, not based on stories. Which is why you would see a dietitian if you are after individualized evidence-based advice or if you have any sort of medical history. So for example, asthma to reflux, pregnancy, cancer, whatever that might be. You might see a nutritionist, perhaps fewer occasions where you would opt for a nutritionist over a dietitian, but potentially in the context of health promotion or public health. You might opt to see a naturopath in conjunction with your doctor or dietitian if you wish to explore things like herbal medicine, meditation, acupuncture. And of course, that depends on the skill set of the naturopath that you're seeking, but really valuable to use in conjunction with your other care. And moral of the story is here, if you're getting health advice from anyone, whether they're credentialed, a health professional or just someone online, think about the ramifications to them if they were to provide you with unsafe or ineffective advice. A dietitian is the only one who has something, someone to answer to and that might just impact the advice that they provide to you. Yeah. And that's all we have time for this week. Thanks for listening in and we hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure you drop by and say hi on the Encore Nutrition website, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, 
Twitter. Just search Encore Nutrition. We absolutely want to hear from you and encourage everyone to join in on the conversation. Now, it's important to say that while Lauren and Elise are very knowledgeable on the world of diet and nutrition, we always encourage you to speak with your medical expert to assure that the advice is right for you. And we'll be back next week to break down all things food, diet, nutrition, and lifestyle. From Elise and Lauren and me here just to make sure it all makes sense.